Hi, and welcome to the Flute Talk podcast, where we talk about all things flute, live here on Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon is a place for fans like you to come and support creators like us. So why not join us over on Patreon and help us continue to make great content? The Flute Talk podcast is also brought to you by the Flute Center of New York. The Flute Center of New York has the world's largest selection of flutes. If you need to buy a flute or piccolo, the Flute Center of New York has you covered. With our code TFC at checkout, you can try up to three to four flutes for up to 10 days, have an extended 18-month warranty, and free shipping worldwide. So be sure to go to the website flutes4sale.com. So that's flutes4sale.com. Flutes4sale.com. Just be sure to use that code TFC for all those perks, and a little bit of that does go our way. Another sponsor as well, ourselves. We have a store. If you haven't noticed yet, we have a store over at store.theflutechannel.com. We have some shirts and posters and things like that over at Teespring. So you can definitely go there and get some merch, posters, whatever you'd like that we have. It will be there. You'll probably notice it under our videos. If you're interested, be sure to go to store.theflutechannel.com. That helps us out immensely. So yeah, on with the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Emily. How's it going, Emily? Good. How are you? Good. The year's over. <coughs> the year's almost over. Pardon yeah, me. almost. Almost. A couple days. Uh, this is the podcast where we answer your questions every uh, last Sunday of the month. And uh, yeah, and we do that live over on YouTube. So if you want to go and participate, uh, join us at the end of every uh, month and uh, leave a question there and interact with us. This is the time where we kind of just listen to your questions and get things going. So um, hopefully everybody's holidays are continuing to be good and hopefully everybody's practicing and doing their fun things that they're going to do with their music. So yeah, we're going to answer some questions first. We canvassed some questions, but, uh, be sure to leave, uh, and leave a comment, uh, as well too. So yeah, we have, um, a couple of questions. I remember, uh, you read a couple right now about, um, the jazz one, that thing about, um, a returning player. Yeah. It's, uh, Sandra. She says, uh, I'm a returning player. I love classical music, but I've always wanted to tackle jazz uh, flute. What are some fundamentals that I need to uh, to do? What are the fundamentals to get started? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in jazz, you want to be able to improvise. So knowing your scales and your modes. Oh, yeah. But like really, if you know your scales, modes are just a scale that you start on a different note so like if you're doing mixolydian in g it's the same as a c major scale but the tonic becomes g you know so if you know your major scales minor scales oh, yeah. like, then you just it's not that big a deal to learn that um and then um you know understanding what chords are what's a chord progression all those things you might want to learn a little bit of theory so that you can understand that I know that uh, on the platform Coursera, mm-hmm. uh, Berkeley offers some free courses uh, about theory that could help you. Like, I know they talk a bit, I watched a little bit of the beginning, they talk about the pentatonic minor scale, stuff mm-hmm. like that, that. Those are, are all strong fundamentals. Yeah, they're used frequently. Like, if you use a pentatonic scale and you improvise on that, it's always going to sound good. In yeah. a, like, if you improvise alone on your flute, exactly, it's going to sound good. 
Uh, that's a good starting point. And like there's Ebersold that yeah. you can get. It's uh, Ebersold and there's also like even some, if you want to play with groups and stuff like that, there are playback tracks for free on YouTube. You can search for them, I'm sure. Like oh, there's yeah. probably stuff around. But Ebersol is very good and it's actually the first couple of books are... Um, there's one with blues, yeah, I think. The blues, yeah. That's very, it's a very good well-rounded. It's start with. Yeah, and then I think it's book seven or something like that. One of those books. Because he has like a hundred books. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's a good start because totally. like, he explains a little bit of theory, but then there's a lot of playback tracks and yeah. stuff like that. So that yeah. can be a good start, I think. Yeah, and it's good for like just drilling, just having fun, you know, and, and, and it's jazz, you know, so just open up and play with your ears too. Like develop both sides of the thing, the theoretical approach and the listening yeah. approach and all those things. Together. I remember I, I when I was in a, like pre-university, there was one of the jazz teachers there who would tell his students, uh, you're always one note away from a good note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't stress too much. If you fall on a bad note, like, make it sound like a appoggiatura, you know, like a tension that you're going to release. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big deal. <coughs> Sorry. It's okay. So, yeah. So, hopefully it helps. Uh, <laughs> hopefully this is a little bit of a guidance for you. Uh, hopefully that helps, Sandra. Let us know how your, how your jazz adventure goes, you know. It's gonna, that's a really cool goal to have in, the, in uh, 2021 for sure. Uh, Amber wants to know, oh, this is a good one. We've listened, we've heard this so many times, but it's always good to talk about it. How do I know when I'm playing ahead of my level and how do I know what my level is? Okay. Right. So there's different approaches, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a bit difficult because your your level, let's say, in um, technique might be higher than your sound level or your vibrato or your tonguing. Like, yeah. So it's difficult to assess a level per se, but... In general, if you go on, um, you know, ABRSM or uh, uh, Conservatory of Toronto, stuff like that, and you check their levels and you check the pieces that you're able to play, if you're able to play it, you're probably in around that level, I would say. Yeah, totally, exactly. And then playing above your level is not always a bad thing. It can be a way to increase your level. Totally. Mm-hmm. It. But like, there's always a a max. If you go too high, then it's just gonna be yeah, maybe peak. discouraging. Yeah, 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 exactly. But just a little bit higher. It's called a proximal zone of development. Mm-hmm. And if you're just a little bit above, then it can be motivating. But also sometimes it's good to play under your level if you're trying to work on specific things like some sound things yeah. or. Uh, let's say you're not blowing evenly and you're giving air pushes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of different like ways. Like You can also have a lesson with a, a teacher and they can assess you pretty fast. Also, like there's also school systems, right? There's conservatory and all those things. Those are formatted systems to guide you through levels mm-hmm. and you'll start at a certain level and then get through that as well. <coughs> but those are just like, like I said, this Sorry. is all about what we say is not doctrine. You can try any of these things to figure out how you get there. Yeah. And, um, but and like yeah, it's not that important to give a number to your yeah. level. It's more like maybe listen to yourself and hear if there's anything that that's a good point because sometimes someone can play a super high level piece, but let they're not, um, blowing evenly and then the phrasing is is affected by that mm-hmm. and then it's not really a question of level but it's gonna it's gonna affect your phrasing no matter what your level mm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's not just can i play my scales at 120 mm-hmm. 
Grow it's and rear, oh, more yeah, exactly. than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Grow and Rare wants to know how's the, the Suzuki method, you know? Suzuki? Suzuki's another one that does a grading process and has, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a progression, I mean. And they have books with all yeah. the, with a lot of repertoire in it's them. True. So you can go through that and see. Yeah. And I think even somehow, I think Suzuki has sample pages, so you don't have to necessarily get the books. You can see the samples through each grade and see, oh, is this where I am and this and that. It's a good free way of kind of looking at i know like amazon or one of those they have yeah, sample yeah. pages and, and you then can look maybe through it. when you get to a certain level you can get that book yeah and learn absolutely pieces, yeah you yeah because you don't want to get something that you find out oh i'm way too advanced for this you know or whatever you want to kind of yeah it's a cool way to kind of pre-assess yourself a little bit but yeah suzuki is a very well 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 method as well too that's used all over the place used all over the world i think mm -hmm. uh what else do we got here Another question. Oh, yeah. Abby Evans wants to know, what's the best way to study scales for an audition? There's so many different, like, breakdowns of scales, and I'm sure you can probably lean in on some of those types of ways to make scales smooth and stuff. And also, if it's an audition, you should be sure to check how they want your scales. That's pretty important. At what tempo, too? A tempo is important, which too. Scales? And which scales? Because sometimes they'll say up to four sharps and four flats sometimes right. they say all major and minor, minor yeah uh did they say minor harmonic or melodic or yeah or they say that's yeah, interesting exactly. to know yeah. um or, or yeah. ej4 or exactly whatever. one of those things or if you have to do them in thirds or in seconds like you gotta see yeah uh if you have a lot of time i would say um try to learn like if it's a major and minor learn a major and it's relative minor every week Work on them a lot. If you have a little bit less time or if you're mm -hmm. closer to the addition, what I like to do is uh, you do a table. Oh, even okay. even nice. if, if you're far like away from it and you're learning them, that what can like you Like a graph pull? maybe? Or? Like a graph. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. So you okay. put like all the names of the scales. And let's say you're playing them at 60 and you want to get to 100. Mm -hmm. Then I would write 60, 69, 80. Uh, I see. 88, 100. Yeah. And, and I would just make little X's to make sure I practice all of them and then I can get to that tempo. That's smart. And yeah, that can be a good way to make sure. And because you can't practice all of them every day and you can't remember what you like, get stuff to remember oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. It's so super, yeah. I used to use that, make little graphs with different increments and in tempo mm -hmm. or or if it's different articulations or whatever however you want to make your graph so that you get to your goals but that can be or you can make multiple ones you can start with the tempo and then you can make a new one after that oh those are good points yeah and like hmm. check how much you have to learn and how much time you have so that you make sure yeah. that you're not trying to just cram it all in your head uh, yeah. the night before yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you've been auditioning a couple times already you kind of will understand like what things you always have to kind of have prepared all the time in terms of scales even with audition pieces too but just with scales like that's usually a common thing that m most people are so and it's always good to be a little bit over over practice a little bit too like just always have the tempo just a little higher than you have to have it so that you can just fall into that tempo and mm -hmm. feel confident and those are all little things that could help you for sure uh, also, be sure to leave some questions. Yes, this is live. <laughs> People <laughs> always ask us that sometimes. Yeah, this is live. Um, but be sure to leave a question in the comments if you are watching live right now uh, in the comment section in uh, YouTube. We'll have a couple more questions on our list, and then we'll answer your questions a little bit. Uh, how to play... Mohammed wants to know, how do you play the flute without the flute? So, like, 
flute practice without having the flute? Well, I tend to play flute pretty much all the time because I tend to do that and mm-hmm. I do fingerings and I can. And you play. tap your toes and yeah, you play in rhythm sometimes with your yeah. with your fake flute practice or air yeah, flute practice. I don't even r- notice that I'm doing it most of the time and right. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I hear it in my head while I play it. Okay. Um, but I used to play like in bed, um, take my music and read it. Mm-hmm. But like if you don't want to do this, it's okay. You can also just study your music. Yes. Look at the, let's say there's a difficult rhythm, just analyze the rhythm in that spot, sing the rhythm. And then you can also take a pencil put in between your fingers and do that mm-hmm. it, and also work yeah that can work very well um you know like write where the beats are or look at the piano part and check where are the best spots to breathe mm-hmm. um or write down some of the rhythms of the piano in your flute part so that like there's so many things that you can do without your flute that's yep. gonna make your flute playing better listening mm. to different versions of the piece with your music and saying like oh this is a good idea here and that blah 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 Recording yourself and then listening and also taking notes. Like all those things you do a big chunk without your flute, but you're still improving a lot. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, there's also like reading scores as well. Like if you have a piece of music and you uh, need to learn it, you know, without making noise, you can have that and read that on your couch or in your bed, you know, read and even say the notes or just say the rhythms of the notes and make sure everything's nice and tight so that you your brain can associate in different ways. The brain likes really likes multiple connections to one thing, like different approaches to it. That way it develops a comfort to it. Also, uh, it's easier to um, retain and keep in the brain um, throughout uh, the time span that you're learning this piece, you know. There's a lot of brain science that we don't get to, that we don't teach to our students and teach to our other musicians. Like we can use that to our advantage, you know. Like good rest as well also helps a lot too. With <laughs> the that can be the easiest, the laziest way to learn music. Learn it, sleep well, you get that extra thirty percent of uh, retention usually mm-hmm. on average, which is amazing. I wish I knew that secret. You know what I mean? That's like the one that everyone yeah, knows. Instead of, uh, yeah, trying to overwork yourself, just be. Uh, balanced i guess you mm-hmm. know work smartly and then rest yeah, yeah exactly exactly uh and we have another question here and then we'll answer your questions here in the comments there's some great ones lining up right now we're gonna definitely try to answer all of them if we miss yours at the end of the show be sure to kind of pop it back in there so we can kind of answer them because this is a great time to get those all done uh klein wants to know uh to be a professional flutist do you have to go to conservatory I would say no, you don't have to. You no. don't have to go to those places. Conservatory university, or university to. or... But like no one's yeah. going to ask you your no. degrees. No, it's your abilities, what they're judging on. You know, if yeah. you're at an audition and you nail your audition, you get the gig, you know. It's not mm-hmm. like if you want to be a lawyer, you need the no. bar. And no, to pass exactly. the bar, you need your bachelor's in law, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with painters. Or you, you want know? to be... Like if you're an yeah. artist, it's all about your production, yeah. what you're doing, how you're... Yeah, exactly. So... Like, I have a lot of degrees. Yeah. No one ever asks me about right. them, really. Um, it depends. If you want to teach, then... Uh, if you want to teach privately, might not be a big deal to have or not have degrees. Yeah. If you want to play uh, teach uh, in a system... Yeah, in a system, Then right. you might need degrees. You like have to go through that approach. What your end goal is, I guess, right? Yeah, and if you want some... Yeah, you know, but I think universities, conservatories, they can offer you a good 
uh, education, a good yeah. musical education that can be, be well-rounded and mm -hmm. all that stuff, but you can also get that elsewhere nowadays. Yeah, exactly. You can get that through online. You can also <laughs> get that through even before RCM and all those things, those types of uh, just diplomas that are just kind of their own little things that yeah, and you, I not necessarily I, university. I didn't do RCM, but I checked the syllabus a few yeah. times and like there's music history, there's ear training, yeah. there's harmony, there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff. Like if you have the highest level of that, yeah. you're you're well-rounded yeah. musician. Exactly. And those types of those types of programs actually work more around your schedule as a regular person as opposed to university or conservatory, which is more immersive. And can you can make Royal Conservatory immersive too though, or whatever yeah, type yeah, of those yeah. programs. It can be also, I guess, a bit cheaper depending on where you yes, live if, if exactly. education is very expensive. That's so true. But also, like, I, I know that some people um, develop themselves very well in a, in a structured environment. Yeah. And some people develop better in a little bit of a more unstructured environment. Yes. Some people mm -hmm. are more... I, I, I like taking a course and learning this yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's people, a lot okay? of people like that. That's true. I'm a... I'm not that much of a self-learner. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I need... You need a, a, a syllabus, <laughs> a, you know, a structure. I like yeah. that. But mm. I know people, like you are more mm -hmm. like that, um, who just like... Like, like you learning need to different learn elements. Something, yeah, you, you learn, learn it. it. Yeah. And like... A need, to know, a need to learn basis, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and also some or people want to yeah. take private lessons yes. instead of being in a big course. Like I had a friend who wanted to do arrangement and she oh. was doing her bachelor's in piano and stuff and then she didn't finish it and decided to take private lessons with the best arranger in town right that's so and smart and she became that's, yeah. very good yeah and she didn't want to go through and the she's whole still thing. doing gigs you know writing stuff for people and that's she it. <laughs> got a big piano class there because she had a very good level of piano really cool. and then a couple of gigs arranging stuff for choirs and like can she arrange yes she can so she's an arranger mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. There you go. So but like, if you yeah. want to teach in a setting like a college, or they'll yes. ask for degrees. So in that case, exactly. you might want to get one. Like it all depends. Like figure out what you want to kind of where you think you might want to go, and then see what you need to get. If to If you want to be more self-employed, or for orchestras, they don't ask for yeah. degrees. No, you just have to be. So it's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what I know. There's a couple <laughs> musicians that I think just did like maybe even RCM in private, maybe. And 17, 18 year old, I think Bob Aiken, like he got Edmonton Symphony very young. He got it before he was I can't say in the university. Age, but I yeah, think before. he was 17 yeah, or 18, like very yeah. young. And then, then he left and went back, back to university. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's different ways. And I knew some people who have, you know, British people. There's, there's a British flutist that I knew that he just kind of learned his way by himself and got a, got a gig at 30 and then... Uh, had to relearn double tongue because he didn't know how to double tongue. He was single tonguing so fast. <laughs> and so for six or seven years, he was learning double tonguing with a teacher while being in the orchestra. And, and his his desire to get that right even later in life is uh, pretty admirable, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, learning how to do those types of things. So yeah, uh, so those are all of our questions on the uh, canvassing side. So if you guys have questions live in the live stream, be sure to... Uh, let us know in the comments. But I saw one that was really good, and I think you have a lot of good um, opinions about this, and so do I, I think, a little bit. <laughs> Mike Zellers wants to know, what are some beautiful lyrical pieces, not too hard or fast, for intermediate students? Um, okay, like 
slow pieces like lyric lyrical you said yeah exactly <laughs> okay um i really like the vocalis by rachmaninoff i know it's not written for flute but it's very beautiful oh yeah the rachmaninoff rachmaninoff is really good because you can really work on vibrato yeah, and on so true. phrasing and it's very romantic and beautiful mm-hmm that's it's not too one. difficult either. Rachmaninoff, yeah. There's the swan. Oh, no, oh, not yeah. the swan. Is it the swan? The one by Saint Saint? Yeah, yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that one. There's a, a couple. Like, I know on flute tunes, there's a lot. Of, I don't know if they rate by lyrical. Yeah, foray. A lot of foray. You won't go wrong. Bear cues. Um, you can do a lot of cool stuff with Because like Foray, the morceau de concours is beautiful. There's oh, yeah. a little and bit of short, speed there. And it's short and it's cool. There. Yeah, there's speed though. Yeah, it's true. But mm. like if you like practice your F major scale and then it's just that, you know? Because go ta da 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 Like that, that is just a F major scale going on. I might not be in the right key right now, but you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And huh. if you use your thumb on the B flat, it's not very difficult. It's true, yeah. Uh, but also, like, there's arrangements of Fauré, um, the Pavane. Pavane, And oh, also yeah. the, the Sicilian is beautiful. And that's you can make a whole album of just, like, like, stuff like that. Of just, like, really nice. A whole Fauré yeah. album. Yeah. I know, uh, what what did, what did uh, Yo-Yo Ma play recently that was really good? Like, Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Yeah. All those types of, like, there's modern stuff, too, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with the can be with flute and piano and stuff like that so i want to do an album of of uh, pops that are lyrical like that soon like beetle ballads and stuff you know oh yeah beetle ballads. and yeah, i think sure. i think it can sound so good on the flute, it could, like, yeah. flute and guitar yeah. and yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot like you said it doesn't have to be necessarily classical it can be any melody that you like mm-hmm. i was asking what uh, people would want out of a alto flute video i saw some people just talking about alto flute and i know we're gonna try to do like a a little primer nice 15 20 minute video about some stuff about the alto flute but uh i know recently you played in one of our videos in the one popular piece that Mm. piece uh i forget what it's called exactly but it was a pop piece from the 70s or 80s that has a famous alto flute uh oh yeah yeah. it was the mamas and the papas mamas Um, and the papas yeah mamas and the papas that's it yeah everyone was there yeah something like that yeah. exactly yeah that would be cool to uh big like that's even cute too in a way you can make that just an instrumental piece you know with the yeah. uh, with flute and then you can jump to alto flute or just play flute all entirely those are there's a lot of pop pieces that can sound very very good a lot a little bit of debussy too you can play uh something like a uh, girl with the flaxen hair and stuff like yeah. that those are cute pieces that everyone kind of knows yeah and um nice beautiful pieces you know you want to kind of surround yourself there's a nice berm piece that's very lyrical oh that's um, on imslp i think air the Val- no elegy elegy yeah something like that yeah elegy it's very beautiful very beautiful it's not played much no but maybe uh, we should play it together yeah elegy yeah it's flute flute and piano i think i could accompany you yeah totally we can do that we're gonna do a lot of those hopefully soon more of that in 2021 how long have you had your flute? You've had your flute for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, mine at least 20 years, too. 22 years, I guess. Okay, yeah. Mine about 20 years, too. Um, that was from Felix. Thanks, Felix, for the question. Uh, what else do we got here? A lot of people bought flutes this year and last year. That's good. 
Uh, what do we got here? Yeah, California Dreaming is the song. That's yeah. right. Thanks to Stacy. Thanks so much. Uh, but yeah, is there any goals that you have for for twenty twenty one for yourself? So many. So many. Wow, that's news to me. I always have goals. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's I know. just sometimes I'm. L- yeah, I yeah. take time. You know, it takes time to accomplish them. But yeah, I want to do. Uh, I want to record a couple of albums. Um. I want to um, finish that book, that mm-hmm. second book, maybe translate both of them. And also I have other ideas of a book about rhythm and maybe a piano method I would like to do mm-hmm. and maybe record a little bit of piano as well. And yeah. Oh, like a piano also, album, that's true. Yeah. That. And also mm-hmm. I started learning the guitar a little bit and I would like to get a little bit better at that so I can just for fun. Mm-hmm. sing a little bit and accompany myself oh yeah it's so cool yeah and uh but like you know there's 24 hours in a day and sometimes i like to rest and do nothing and exactly. cook and exactly. do other stuff <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh do you have goals for the year me oh just more of like us doing like a couple special projects i know we're gonna do a little piccolo um documentary again like something about oh, how yeah. to repair how a fl- uh, piccolo is repaired so that's going to be cool. And that's going to be cool. We're going to do that in February. That's going to come out. Obviously, the book. The book will be coming out soon as well. And I'd like to record a little bit of Piccolo too. My Piccolo is getting repaired. Yes, and yeah. And then when it It'll comes ready. back, yeah, I'd ready. like to record probably the Vivaldi concertos. Oh, yeah, the Vivaldi concertos. And you have the other two Vivaldis that are going to come out soon yeah. the, from the Four Seasons. So we'll have a complete Four Seasons for everyone on flute. So that'll be fun. And then all the other Vivaldi flute stuff. Like I know there's two more flute concertos and there's the Piccolo yeah. Sure, those are going to come out soon too. Yeah. Uh, once the uh, piccolo comes back. There's so much beautiful yeah. stuff. Like, even when we There's say lyrical, like any um, slow movements from Vivaldi concertos, they're yeah. so lyrical. You know, if you want to go in that direction, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Huh. A lot of Baroque slow movements, like slow movements from, um, from uh, back. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that goes. Yeah. This one. Yeah, is there's a lot of nice ones. And uh wasn't that for piano? Wasn't that the thing that we that, that somebody thing is that for flute? Yeah, but, but somebody someone that made yeah, a transcription yeah, Lang, for Lang, piano. Lang, Lang Lang played it recently. Yeah, yeah, and he played cool. it very beautifully. Yeah, super nice. Um Amber wanted to know about the um the level of flute playing we're on. And we actually answered that question a little bit earlier on in the show. So if you came in late, you can go back to a couple minutes. I think it was one of the first or second uh, questions we answered. So you can go back and listen to that. But uh, yeah, um, but back just to go back to goals. Yeah, those are a lot of things that kind of uh, are going to be little trade, little little uh, touchstones, I guess, of our of a couple of little things like that. And hopefully we'll do some more um more tutorials and stuff. I'm hoping that we do a couple more about like about uh, getting more clear sound. I know those are our popular videos uh, as of late. That's uh, probably was some of our most popular. How to get a clear sound. How to kind of play more lyrical, and we'll do more of that. I think, and it's great because uh, we get a lot of feedback from all of you, and that's really amazing about what we uh, should do next. And we have lists, and we go back and forth, and whenever we have a uh, the free time that we we can we uh we do those so those will be coming soon i know we just got recently something really cool with the bach partita and that's really sweet that's gonna be bach partita with with piano or with an accompaniment part that's actually quite uh, interesting and we're gonna try to dissect that and 
uh, rarely heard. So that's really cool. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Felix wants to know how old was how old were you? The, wait, how old was you that you know? Oh my gosh, when did you know that you wanted to be a professional flutist? That's probably what it is. Okay, <laughs> I think I was about 14 years old when I decided I wanted to do music in life. But um, I was playing flute and piano, and I didn't necessarily know which one I was gonna choose yet. Right, you have a flute and piano background, and so like you were doing both side by side at a pretty high like yeah. progression level and stuff like that. And yeah, and you continue to do that to this day. Like it's pretty. Uh, you like playing piano a lot, and yeah. um, you played some piano even on the channel, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and so I fun. played on our album. I played piano on the album, and I played piano when we toured, and yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, mm. but I I did my degrees in flute, but I. When I went in pre-university, I was accepted in both flute and piano. But then, you know, both teachers ask you to practice three hours a day and you have the other courses. <laughs> At one point, you have to make choices. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. It doesn't mean, like, like you said, I can still play it. Uh, and I still took other lessons, private lessons after. Yeah, to and you teach both. So get better, yeah. like technically understand some movements better. And even some things that I learned there, with movement, oh. I was able to... I uh, use with the flute. And, and to apply through that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Huh. Would you say that that would be one thing that <coughs> you would encourage for some players to learn another instrument? Because I know one question we get often is, should we like multi-instrumentalist or not be a multi-instrumentalist? You know, like just play flute and be focused on flute. Or, you know, I know a lot of great musicians that play clarinet, flute, saxophone. They do other instruments as well as their flute. And they, 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 they seem pretty I don't happy have, about that. Um, an answer really to that mm -hmm. because it really depends on what you're looking for in music in a way yeah exactly like some people want to be an amazing virtuoso at one instrument sure. and they really want to focus on that instrument it's fine some people like to play multiple instruments and i think when you learn a lot of them what i've noticed it's a bit like people who uh, learn a lot of languages after a couple they learn them faster oh yeah you know you mm -hmm. pick up the next one a bit easier um but it all depends what what do you want from music you know it's not yeah, a, the there's no that, real yeah. answer totally. like everyone has to look like it's it sounds a bit uh, like a kitsch answer but mm. everyone has to look for their own answer in a way but that's I, such a good point i don't think someone who wants to learn another instrument should be like oh but then um it will keep me from being good at this one like it all Depends, because they can also help each other it's in a so way. True. What you learn in one can be uh, used in the other. Mm -hmm. Like in a way, if you understand what a, if you know all your skills on, in one, you once you know the fingerings of the next instrument, yeah, you already know all that theory part. You already like there's a big chunk that you know. Mm -hmm. That's so how to move. There's little differences, but the right. The main things of the body of keeping some, some things straight right. and, and some things are, are uh, rotating and like all that can be re reapplied. Totally. Mm. So I don't know. And it's all, but like you, ca you can't learn everything. There's only 24 hours in a <laughs> day. So you have to make choices as well. Exactly. Uh, Amber, the, one, the lady that was asking about level and assessment, they want to kind of know. Uh, are they learning they want to know uh, if they're learning too much 
and worry about getting burnt out or if they need to go slower. So yeah, those types of techniques, those types of things to look up and uh, figure out. Like I know Royal Conservatory has their book. I think it's free um, on their website that shows a full assessment of a grade. So like these are the scales you should be learning at this grade. These are some of the pieces that you should be learning. This is the type of rhythms you should be learning. It's very, very well, um, well blocked out. Uh, you can find that on their website. You yeah. can just type flute RCM and let's syllabus. let's say you're doing a grade. You can be like, okay, I'm going to work on these scales yeah, this year. So exactly. I'm going to pick one or two every week, work on them. And then at the end, I'm going to make a little graph, like I was saying earlier, the little graph to make sure I know yeah. them all and I can just... And you check them off and you know yeah. that you're like, oh, I can just know them and... You know them while you're cooking, you know, while yeah. you're doing like just so you know. And then um, maybe learn a study a week. I th- yeah. I'm a big proponent of that because it's good for your sight reading, for musicality, for so many things. Make sure yeah. when you play music too that you're doing the articulation. Very often I hear students who come out, come their first couple of lessons, they took bad habits of just doing whatever they want mm-hmm. for articulations. Try to follow the slurs, the staccatos, right. all those things. Try to follow them when you learn a study. If you don't, if, if it's very difficult for you, maybe learn just three lines in a week instead right. of the whole study. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. just about how learning it well. Um, all those, like, okay, so that, and then pick maybe two pieces, one fast, one slow, or, yeah. you know. Or go contrasting with, with different periods, you yeah, know. Yeah, go not with the same. their list, and usually yeah. they have a, a, B, or A, B, C, depending yeah. on the level. Mm-hmm. Pick a couple. That's for the year, yeah, or whatever. Or how many months, months it takes you, want you to, yeah. to get to that level, and exactly. then you, you, you switch to switch the next another one. thing, and just yeah, exactly. And uh, I just go back to studies. I always like this is my mentality about studies, but like studies have always been like disposable for me. So like it was, on, I would only take one for the week, and no matter what, at the end of the week, I pick another one. Doesn't matter if it's complete or not, because I want to kind of learn a new style. Because the next day, two is going to take a different approach on a different type of subject you know so but if I you didn't get too learn high strung. three lines at the end you should still learn them no no i mean like you still no i don't mean by but i don't mean like that like learn by line by line but i mean like don't over like don't try to make it perfect yeah don't try to make it perfect is what i mean you know like uh, you yeah learn but it there's thoroughly. a there's a threshold of not perfect like Totally. Learning a, it and just slurring yeah. everything or tonguing everything yeah. without looking at the articulation. Exactly. Like, no, learn yeah. it well. If yeah. you have to learn less of it, learn less of it. And then, yes, switch the next week. Yeah. Just if you realize the oh, whole page is too much, do half a page, but do it well. Then the right. next week, do the other half Yeah, you of obviously the page. Yeah, I do to your best <laughs> ability. But in the end, like go, a lot of people kind of stay on the same thing a lot sometimes for a couple no. of weeks. And like, I think that's... No, because that's not the goal of a study. Yeah, that's not the goal of a study is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Cool. But just something I noticed with people, like recently with students, like people forget to look at that. Mm-hmm. And it's important because articulation is a huge part of phrasing. That's what makes it interesting. If everything's slurred or every, everything's tongued or it, it's way less interesting musically mm-hmm. than if you articulate. That's why we have consonants in language. You know, exactly. we don't just speak with vowels. <laughs> no, I guess. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> a, a good uh, comparison, but. Um, somebody wanted to know about um, when to start working on extended technique. Extended technique. That's something we don't talk about too much. Yeah, we, sh- we, sh- we could make a video about a couple of them. Yeah, because with 
with that it's just a deep well you know like it can go so, so deep and yeah. like there's like yeah there's yeah. well when <laughs> whenever you want to play contemporary music that yeah. has it you learn and them. there's some fun 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 flute composers that have written stuff that are so approachable Ian Clark is one person I know. There's not a lot of uh, uh, extended techniques in what he writes, though. Oh, like the Great Train Race, and there's there's a there's a core like multiphonic stuff. There's there's yeah. stuff in there that works in like sliding to sliding pitches and stuff like that. There's contemporary stuff, and like Zoom Tube is completely contemporary. Like it's all contemporary techniques in Zoom Tube. Uh, Fish are jumping is another one. Robert Dick writes all of his pieces like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Mike There's Ma- his studies yeah. too that yeah. are pretty interesting. Mike Mauer or Mike Mower, he wrote a lot of finger busters. I think it's him. Uh, but if you type finger busters, those are great extended technique studies. Robert that are Aitken. super fresh. Yeah, Bob uh, like wrote uh, some stuff. Icicle. Icicle is pretty cool and it's not difficult. No, those are, it's one of the first approachable, like that's, I think that's what a lot of people put in front of a student stand when they want to learn extended technique first Varez 2 density 21.5 has a little bit it doesn't have but much. not a lot it's more uh, of a, like the rhythm i remember when i learned oh, it you're i was so a bit right. i was yeah. a bit uh, i had to analyze the rhythm mm-hmm. but i don't remember that there was so much extended yeah. te- maybe a little bit of flutter tonguing right it could yeah. be a cool idea to make a little playlist of a couple pieces of in general level like you know That'd be a cool idea. Some contemporary flute pieces to kind of show the progression of uh, extended techniques. Because there's a bunch of extended techniques and there's new ones being developed all the time. You could even say beatboxing is also an extended technique. Yeah, you know, totally. like, There's mm-hmm. so many of them and I think you can approach them at uh, various levels in your in your uh, life as a musician. But uh, even beatboxing could be something fun to start almost right away a little bit sometimes just to kind of break loose through uh playing conventionally but what's one of your favorite extended techniques i don't know i don't have a favorite i like singing in the flute it's one of the easiest ones like singing and playing in the flute i mean like a vox ballen type of thing like george crumb style not the like with your whole mouth over the mouthpiece and you're making and singing through it like a tube i like when there's two melodies you sing one and you play another one that's That's pretty cool uh denis goujon he's a quebec composer uh, he does that in uh, L'Oiseau Blessé. It's pretty beautiful. Um, yeah. But multiphonics are interesting because people are like, what is that? And it's it's really, it catches the attention. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> oh, Mohammed said we didn't answer his question about playing without the flute. We did. A couple of little did. questions like that. Like, you know, you can do air maybe, flute with the maybe pen. Maybe at the beginning you weren't there. Yeah, maybe you were at the beginning, but you can recap and go back there and check that out. But basically, you know, you can do a lot of different things like reading the music alone uh, without the flute. You can practice with the uh, air flute practice style. Practice your fingerings just you know, with your fingers or take a pencil. Take or a pencil, pen. yeah. Practice the rhythm. You know, there's a lot of different ways. Listen to, to different versions. Yeah. Do some studying on the flute. Study yeah. the piano part. Yeah. Write stuff in your music yeah, write stuff from in the music. piano part. Yeah, we always forget that there's so much prep beyond just sitting there and playing the notes that there's these other little things that add up to the complete you know, uh, performance of that piece eventually. Because if you only look at your part, you might choose places to breathe that the piano's doing a lot there and the pianist won't be able to wait for you. No, But if if the piano's holding a half note, 
then there's no problem. You can take a breath and the per person is going to be able to wait for you and be like, those things are very smart use of your time. That's so true, you know, and it's, we always get so focused on just like, oh, what's on the page and that's it. And we don't see that, oh, there's a completely other part that needs to have almost equal amount of attention. Because the composer more. wrote for both yeah, the instruments. to it's, work together. And <laughs> we all always see like, oh, my accompanist. Okay, yeah, but yes and no, because it depends. Like a lot of pieces are written more like chamber music than a solo with an accompaniment. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you have to see it as a whole it's a whole piece. It's not just one part, like you said. Exactly. But yeah, so we're going to answer a couple more questions. Be sure to leave them, but we're just going to talk a little bit about um, the things we have available for you guys. Uh, we have musicg.com, which is our uh, sheet music website and our courseware website where you can find uh, your arrangement of the 24th Caprice by Paganini. You can also find our books, uh, which is uh, you can find our 15 beginner flute method, 15 flute lessons for beginners. And also our new book will be coming out soon as well, too, which will be the 20 lessons or I think they have 20 lessons for intermediate flutists. And that will be the new one that's going to come out in January. Uh, you can also go on our merch store where you can find all of our shirts. And we have a new Lung Lung shirt. We have a, another, what is it, the Mozart pants and Mozart shirt. That thing has been selling like pretty cool in like legs, like leggings for exercising and also and has the music of uh, of Mozart's uh, G major flute concerto you can go to store.thefluechannel.com and that's where you can find all of our merch including our poster which is our fingering chart poster in color and also in black and white a lot of people bought those this this month which is really awesome we really appreciate all of that and we also have uh, the Flute Center of New York, which we put at the beginning of the show as well, which is uh, you can go to flutecenter.com, I think. I think they have a new name now, flutecenter.com, oh, okay. but you can type Flute Center of New York. It's all synonymous on Google. Yeah. Um, and you can type in uh, when you check out uh, the code TFC and we you can with that code, you can try up the three to four flutes for up to 10 days. That uh, works worldwide, or you can contact them directly and call them by phone, and, yeah. by phone and mention our code, and they will set you all up. They are and all flutists there. For everyone who used our code, because it helps yeah, us out. Totally, so those help us yeah. out. All these things definitely help us out to give us more time to do more of these, because time is so restrictive, <laughs> as you everyone knows. You know, time just flies by, but uh, we do try to work hard at uh, uh, getting videos out for everybody, and also making the stuff that we're making. And these things help out tremendously. So yeah, use the code TFC. They're all flutists there. They're amazing. Uh, Flutecenter.com uh, is, I think, the new domain. And also, uh, they have the world's largest selection of flutes. So you're not going to miss out on this one brand that doesn't have... You can just find them all there. It's pretty amazing. And lastly, I think Patreon. Also Patreon. We've had a couple new patrons there. If you want to help us on a monthly basis, uh, you can go there and be our patron and donate as little as $2 a month. And you get to be a part of that, and that helps us out directly as well. You can leave questions for us there where we're, we do more one-on-one -on -one, uh, private little messages just for little questions you have and stuff like that. We also do little things like that there. So you can go check out patreon.com slash the flute channel, and that's where we are for that. And what do we got here? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. There's not many other questions. I think we missed uh, We didn't miss any, uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, we do this every uh, last Sunday of the month. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I hope everyone is going to have a wonderful rest of the uh, year and a 
new year of new uh, playing and new practicing. Uh, be sure to leave a comment down below if you're watching this live right away on the actual video. It helps us out tremendously. Drop us a, a like and also be sure to share this video around too or talk to another flutist and tell us tell them about us. We love having more musicians in the community and it's uh, it's really a fun time and that's our little doggy. Yeah, <laughs> she's so cute. Yeah, so hopefully uh, everyone has a great rest of the year yeah. and uh, happy practicing and we'll talk to each other uh, next month. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks everybody so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.